Lord. Amen. Again, I, I want to welcome you personally as your pastor uh, to our worship uh, service, and I want to thank you for for uh, for tuning in. For those that are out there watching uh, through some kind of technology, I want to thank you for uh, just going to our website, missionnavs.org, and clicking and watching. And so I just want you to know that your pastor, your staff, uh, are working hard. I mean, I've been watching them. It's been a long week, 12-hour, 14-hour days. It's been long and hard. And so I just, I just want to just let you know that you are loved. You really are. You're loved. And I want to invite you just to listen as the Holy Spirit speaks to us today. I'm always surprised what God says, not, not very often about what I say, but I'm always surprised at what God has to say. And sometimes it's back in the cubbyhole of my office and it's just the Lord and I and, and his spirit is just moving my heart and my heart begins to beat faster. And I realize that God is moving me and speaking. And I just praise the Lord that God is a part of that process. And I trust that even as we are listening at home or here, that, uh, that we'll hear God's voice. We'll hear God's voice. It was 1969. A song was released by an R&B group called The Fifth Dimension. And they sang about the age of Aquarius, let the sunshine in. Now, I did a little bit of research, and I, I listened to the song, if not a hundred times, probably a thousand times. It's not necessarily my favorite song um, at all, uh, because, you know, it was just not my thing. But I, I did some research, and the meaning of the song is that they were trying to say that we're about to enter an age of love, light, and humanity. Now, I, I need to make this clear. This was 1969. Now I know I'm an old guy, right? Uh, but I wasn't that old in 69. In fact, I was only seven years old. But I remember some things about the, the late 60s and the early 70s. And one of the things that I really remember, you know, during that, that culture and that movement, I, I remember a particular symbol that, that I would see often. In fact, you know, people had it on their shirts and their pants and, and sometimes stickers on the back of their Volkswagen bug, right? I mean, and it was a symbol. And it had such a big impact. In fact, it's kind of making a resurgence right now. And the symbol is, it's the peace symbol. Not this peace symbol, but it's, it's you know, it's that all familiar around peace symbol. And for me, a kid that was only seven years of age, it didn't mean anything at all. I mean, the fact is, peace and light really never even hit my radar. I mean, it, I didn't even think about the idea of, you know, whether I'm peaceful or not, or do I have peace until later on, probably 11 or 12 years old. And at that point, I was introduced to the gospel of Jesus Christ, and the true light began to shine in my heart, and I began to really experience peace. I didn't know what I was missing until I met Jesus. And when I met Jesus, you know, things began to change, and the Lord began to transform my life and and began to, to guide me. And, you know, um, this is kind of what I want to talk about. You know, this idea that when you meet Jesus... And Christ becomes a part of you and he begins to live in your heart that that peace becomes possible. In fact, I cannot imagine one having or experiencing peace, you know, without that, without Jesus Christ be becoming a part of their life. In fact, my text today is John chapter 14, verse 27. It's a very familiar text. and You'll recognize it. 
But uh, if you have God's word, I want to invite you to turn there to John chapter 14, looking at verse 27. And I need to say right out of the starting gate that the gospel of John has been my favorite gospel for some time now. And what the experts say is that John likely was written sometime quite a bit later than the other synoptic gospels. And synoptic means the same or similar gospels, which would be Matthew, Mark, Luke, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And then, of course, we have John. And what I love about John is its distinctive uh, presentation. I, I love the fact that that John is so direct in his message. And, and it's that directness that just warms my heart when I read about the light or the darkness or read about that there, there, there is right and there is wrong and, and, and Jesus is the way, right? And the truth and life. In fact, we just sang about that. And so I just love, you know, the way that John writes about the gospel of Christ. And we need to understand that, that, that it, there is such a thing as the gospel. In fact, when you think about the gospel, it's one of two things. It's, number one, a record of Jesus' life. That's what we see in the synoptic gospels, right? It's the record from three different perspectives of the life of Christ and how he lived his life. I mean, he was the example of holiness and righteousness. But the second thing the gospel is, it is the revelation of Christ. The revelation of Christ. I mean, think about that. We see that in the teachings of Christ. And we, we know that in the teaching of Christ, it's not just a, a didactic dynamic where he's saying, okay, here, here's the information that you're to retain. This is what you used and apply in life. I mean, it is that somewhat, but, but it's something more than that, something deeper than that. It is the revelation of Christ. So even Christ's teachings, it's telling us, as he is teaching, it's telling us something about who Jesus Christ is. I mean, that's everything, who he really is. And I cannot imagine Jesus being able to leave us with peace or to bring peace outside of the reality of, of who Jesus Christ is because we know that he is a part of, of what we call the, the Trinity. You know, God the Father, God the Holy Spirit, and God the Son. And so we know that, that in that reality that there is this possibility that we can experience peace through Jesus Christ. In fact, let's go to the text. We go to John chapter 14, looking at verse 27. And I want to read that for you. Here are the words of Christ. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. I, I need to say these words are the powerful and they're peaceful words. They are powerful in, in the fact that they, they are transformative, that they transform people's lives. And so we recognize that. The words are also promise when we read that verse. They are the promise that, that God will never leave us nor forsake us, that God will be with us. And so recognize this. They are transformative and they are the promise. And we need that right now, really especially during these times and the day and age that we're, we're facing and what we're going through and all the uncertainties, we need to realize that God is with us and that God also transforms us. He is what we need. In fact, I think of the old words from the hymn, Great is thy faithfulness, strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. Listen to that, that Jesus Christ in his presence is, is strength for today and a bright hope for tomorrow. And so what is he talking about here in this text in John chapter 14, uh, verse 27? He's talking about uh, the, the fact that the peace he brings to us is, is not the peace that the world gives or that the world leaves us. 
I mean, the world is a pretty spectacular place. I mean, God created it in such a way that we enjoy many, many wonderful things about, you know, living and life and breathing and those experiences we have as human beings. In fact, I, I remember a few months ago, I was in the woods in Pennsylvania with some of my friends and, and uh, we had separated and gone different directions and I was sitting there in the woods and the rain had started to fall for a while while I was hiking and then I stopped there near a tree and I just kind of sat and it had stopped raining now but yet as I was sitting there there was such peace because I could I could hear the water you know dropping dripping from the limbs and down onto the dried leaves on the ground and and I was listening to the dripping water and there was just a kind of a crisp, cool air that was blowing across my face. And every once in a while, I'd hear the crunch of a, a, a limb or a stick in the woods, probably because of wildlife or some other reason. So there was all those beautiful sounds of the forest, the water dripping. And as I was sitting there, it was so peaceful that I started getting sleepy. I, I could have, you know, I could have fell, fallen asleep. But as I was there sitting and enjoying the peace of the world around me and, and, and uh, you know, creation, all of a sudden then, the dark clouds above me began to part. And this, line, this light began to shine through. In fact, it was a, a beam of light. It was the, the sun that was breaking in and the sun was shining through as the clouds began to part because the rain, it was gone, it was over and so now with the dripping you know, water around me and the sounds of the forest and now the sh- sun that was breaking through, it reminded me how that's exactly what happens when we are surrounded by dark clouds. And there's things happening that we really don't understand that, that God, he breaks through. The, the sun of Christ shines through and shines upon us and fills our heart. I, I recognize that this world is a, a pretty neat place, but there's something that's far greater than that. You see, he's promising us in this passage that our hearts do not need to be troubled. Why? Because there is peace in troubled waters. Think that with me or say that. Peace in troubled waters. That's what Jesus Christ is promising. In fact, it goes back to the reality that Jesus will be with us. That's his promise. That's the promise that there is no need for troubling hearts. Because there can be peace in those troubling times. Because why? Thou art with us. That's the presence of God or the uh, omnipresence of God. That is the promise that he gives us. So not only there's power that, that is transformative because of the relationship that we have with him, but there's also this peace where Jesus Christ breaks in like the sun and then the beautiful warmth of that sun and his presence begins to surround us and bring us comfort that only Jesus Christ can bring. This is a peace that is grounded in, in the real presence of God. I mean, this is when, when God begins to seep into our hearts and we begin to experience him and feel him in a very personal way that there's this peace that begins to wash over us. The kind of peace when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, like when the Holy Spirit you know, came on the day of Pentecost. And 3,000 were added to the kingdom because the Holy Spirit had fallen upon them. And, you know, in my mind, I, I know that sometimes when I feel the peace of God and the presence of God, it's kind of, it is kind of just gently and softly and just a little bit at a time like a dripping, you know, dripping forest. But sometimes it is in a rush and it's in a wind that the Holy Spirit comes upon me and I feel God washing over me and filling my heart and I am filled with peace. God's peace comes just like that. It's a peace that I'm talking about that this world doesn't understand. 
It's a peace that, that is God reaching out to us. In fact, I go back to the beginning of what I started talking about, which was the peace symbol. And I need to say this, that the peace symbol, I mean, it's kind of neat. I mean, there was a time for that. But the peace symbol falls far short of really bringing peace to our life. In fact, the peace sign was really designed in 1958 by British artist Gerald Holton for the campaign for nuclear disarmament called the CND, which was having its first major march in England. Holton explained that the symbol superimposed the semaphore letters N and D over each other. In fact, as I did some research on the, the peace symbol, there's some reference to the symbol connecting back even to medieval times. And, and so I want to reiterate once again, it is something, it is a symbol that far, falls far short of really bringing and really delivering what it is that's saying that it wants to deliver. But, you know, I think of some other symbols. I think of some great Christian symbols like the dove that represents the Holy Spirit and the Spirit, you know, descending down upon us. But I think of one symbol that does represent peace. I think of a symbol that, that, that is strong and, and, and we know it and we see it sometimes, you know, hanging around people's necks and sometimes, you know, it's at the, the back of the church or in front of the sanctuary and it's a symbol that does bring peace and it brings promise and it brings everlasting life. And the symbol I'm talking about, obviously, is the cross of Christ. It's not only the death of Christ that the cross reminds us of. It reminds us of the resurrection and, and the day of glory on that, that Calvary and, and, and the fact that God brought peace to mankind, all humanity, through that act that Jesus Christ committed himself to when he died upon the cross. When I think of the cross, I think of a symbol that is reminding me that we have a God, a creator, a father in heaven who is reaching down to us who wants to take her hand and wants to lead us not only to just a, a, a land of promise, but he wants to lead us into a life of peace because of his presence in our life. There's nothing like it. I, the closest thing that I can think of, and it really falls short, but I, I remember it was the last ride that I ever gave to my father. My father is now with Jesus. He went to be with Jesus when he was 85, and my, my dad and I were really close and uh, it was the Wednesday before he went to be with Jesus early Saturday morning. So it was the last ride that I gave him in my vehicle, in my truck. And I can't remember where we were going, but um, Dad, um, he got in the truck, of course, sitting there in the passenger seat. And we we're driving somewhere. And we just had a conversation, and he was sharing with me, you know, Tony, I don't think I have long. And, of course, it's kind of emotional when I think about it, but... I reached over and kind of uh, odd for two guys, but I reached over and I grabbed my dad's hand and he took my hand and we squeezed and we just kind of hung on. We didn't let go. And so as I was driving to that destination, I was holding my father's hand and he knew that I loved him and I know that he loved me. And it was peaceful you see I think God reaches down like that oh not in a physical way but in a spiritual and an emotional way God desires to connect with us and he wants us to take his hand 
He wants us to reach out to him and allow him to come in and be present in our lives. I come back to our passage. Jesus saying, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So the reality is, God has brought to us something that is very special. And that is an eternal, everlasting peace that is ours by having a relationship with our Father in Heaven. A relationship that's transformative, yes. But a relationship that is present and real. And it is a kind of relationship that we need right now. We need the presence of God. I mean, in, in the face of what we're, we're facing right now, and all of our fears, the anxieties, the uncertainty of the future, we need, we need to put our hand in the hand of God. And God will come in. His presence will be real. And we will experience pre- peace because he's in our life. And so I just want to share this word of encouragement with you today, that God loves you. He wants to be present in your life. Allow him to come in to fill your heart. Take his hand and experience this eternal, everlasting peace in Christ. Let's pray. Precious Father in heaven, I thank you so much for today. I thank you, God, that you're present with us right now. And that, Father, that even as we are worshiping you and singing and, Lord, all the things that we're doing here in this service, we do it unto you. And that you're revealing yourself to us even as we we worship you and we talk about you. And so, Father, I pray that you would just go through time and space to that one family right now that's worried that you would give them peace. I pray for that one individual, Lord, that's just, you know, they're just so concerned and maybe really worried. I pray that, Father, that you would just bless them and give them peace, that they would not worry anymore. I pray for the couple that's experiencing just anxiety. They're having to sit at home. They're not in their normal routine. And so there's this huge anxiety that's looming over their head like a dark cloud. I pray, Father, that you would come in and give peace to that couple. Father in heaven, I thank you, God, for your promise to us that you would give us peace, but also that you would be present. And we would not have to go through troubled waters alone. And so, Father in heaven, the reality is these are troubled waters these days. But, Lord, I know that you have not forsaken us. You have not left us. Thank you, God, for this peace that passes human understanding, this peace that is everlasting that we have in you. So, God, we invite you into our life. We invite you into our homes. We invite you into our church. We pray all these things in Jesus Christ's glorious name. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Do not forget, we're going to be bringing you regular... uh, updated information on our website at missionnaz.org. God bless you. Have a wonderful Sabbath, and we'll see you next time. God bless.